0: The
3: following program is brought to you in living color on NBC.
2: It just starts in black and white. And now we're in glorious color. That's right. Only because we're missing one. We can only afford three of us in color. Sorry, Lux. <laughs> Lux is off today. Jason and Alexis in the morning on My Talk and streaming worldwide on our My Talk app. I'm Jace with Don and Kenny. And Kenny found that podcast. Yeah. What is it, my friend? It's called
3: McCartney321. And it's just him and Rick Rubin sitting around a studio talking about uh, the process, the Beatles, everything. I learned so much about. The songwriting uh, that they did as a group and and uh, alone and it's just absolutely fascinating. You know who Rick Rubin is? He was a yep. yes. hip hop producer and all yep. that, and then he revived uh, Johnny Cash's career and whatnot. Wears the beard very very well, uh, and I don't <laughs> yeah. think I don't think anybody. This wouldn't have turned out the way it did if it wasn't for Rick Rubin being there. Because he understands the song writing and creating and producing and recording. So it's really good. Really good. Well, Even if you're not a
2: Beatles fan, you'll learn stuff. You'll and let, I don't want to go like t- too far, as they say, down the rabbit hole because I want to hear about. Uh, but <laughs> I thought there was one little nugget of info. You know, Howard uh, Stern interv- has interviewed McCartney a few times, and obviously Stern adores uh, McCartney. And Howard was saying. It was fascinating to him that back in the day and even in the height of the uh, of the Beatles fame and popularity, you know, Paul wasn't looked upon as a great songwriter. Uh, right. He wasn't really celebrated for that, even right. when he went solo. Right. like He was kind of laughed at. I mean, he wasn't yeah. really. And now yeah. you talk to anybody, you talk to any music historian and yeah. Paul McCartney. Am I right? Can he? Am I right? this? Oh. he would be listed as one of the most prolific songwriters ever. Ever,
3: ever. Yep, Stern Stern nailed it. Um oh his songs McCartney's songs are cute and isn't he <laughs> yeah. look cute playing yeah. that bass. He is a monster bass player. I mean, he is amazing on the bass and the way he creates and crafts and put puts uh, songs together and uh, the two of them um McCartney and Lennon, wow. Yeah. What a force. What yep. a force. So. Mm, yep
2: it is uh 809 i can't wait for this how
3: was the movie how was the movie
4: how was the movie how was the movie my big fat movie review
2: ladies first uh dawn and i both saw two big movies over the weekend uh, we're going to begin with dawn and a movie called lamb
1: man this interested me the first time i saw the trailer if you remember uh if you watch the trailer lamb is about it looks like a couple of uh, people who live in a very remote area uh it's supposed to be i it was filmed in iceland so it's about a couple of farmers who raise sheep and all of a sudden there's a birth of a sheep and then the next thing you see is that that sheep is being cared for like a human baby and then it's dressed up in clothes and walking around with the the mm. uh the two people the parents mm. um This is a great example of, thank goodness, somebody still has an imagination. I'm so tired of seeing prequels and remakes and stories that are just duplicates of other ones because nobody wants to take a risk. It is very inventive. I will say um, it's gotten 86% on Rotten Tomatoes by critics, but 59% from audiences. And I think I know why. If you are impatient with the pacing of something... Um, you're not going to like this movie. Uh, But if you like artful films that are a little bit different, you will like it. You just have to be patient. I think in the first act, it's like act one, two, and three. There are probably, mm, in the first third of the movie, a page of dialogue. And overall, total, there are probably... I was trying to guess. I would say... 10 pages of dialogue in the whole movie, but that's what makes it great is because they show you and they don't tell you, you know what I mean? Like you're not, they don't force feed you anything. There isn't any info dump about these people. You just know because of their great acting and, um, a look or just a reference to something that could be a nursery rhyme. What's going on in their lives in their past. Uh, so you're always questioning, is this, Lamb child, is this a real baby or is this a, is this a person or is it actually a lamb and they don't, they are both under a spell of some sort. So you, question, so you,
2: so you and the, you as the audience, yeah, they're not telling you, no, they're leaving it kind of ambiguous. They, so you,
1: mm-hmm. oh my goodness. um, So through most of the movie. I would say through most of the movie and there are times where you're like now does she just see it as a baby and the husband sees it as a lamb and he's just accepting that she wants a baby so badly Oh, and then you're like okay so he is now under the spell of believing this is a lamb or or a child and then a brother comes into the picture his brother he rejects it completely at first in an extreme way. And then he starts to treat the lamb as a child. So you never really know until the end whether or not this is a baby, this is a human-child hybrid, or just an actual lamb in clothes.
2: So, so it's is resolved it, at the end. It is
1: resolved, yes.
2: Did you like the ending?
1: Loved it. So weird. Uh,
2: where so does, weird. Where does the... The dread come in. You okay. know, if it's a horror movie, yes. what, where does the horror come in or the dread or the thrill?
1: The, the sense of dread is that there are consequences for this because this is a story about what would you do for happiness if you mm. are so sad. That's the overall mm. theme of this movie is that there's a price for happiness, I think. And so the sense of dread is that they are going to have to pay eventually for this. What they've done, or what, how they brought this lamb into their life, and how they fight for it, their relationship. It's just so rich. It's just great, and it's so weird. There's such, there are parts where you're like, what am I seeing right now? And just funny moments. And then there's sad. It's just a really cool film that has a lot of detail and elements to it. And you have to be patient because there isn't a lot of dialogue, but the scenery is beautiful. Um, I mean, it is just gorgeous. Cinematography. The cinematography is gorgeous. Yeah.
2: And I would bet as beautiful as the scenery is, is it also at the same time haunting?
1: Haunting. Because I'm watch, so watching the trailer,
2: that's what I felt. I got so dread vast. from the surroundings. Yes,
1: it's so beautiful, but it's also so scary and vast. And what's so interesting is that Another interesting part is that you know this is up uh, uh probably near the arctic circle you know so there is no darkness this is a time oh, where the sun right. doesn't set so they're sleeping oh. and there's still light outside so you're like what's going on why is it cuz horror movies rely on a lot of things to make things scary they do not Storms. they do yeah. not rely on the darkness because there is no darkness
2: See, and to me that's even more horrible. It's horrifying.
1: harder. <laughs> right. And the yeah. snowstorms and where you can't see Ah, it's it's great, man. It's man, I loved it. And I know that I'm gonna get hate for this. People are gonna go see this and go, Don McLean, that was a horrible, boring movie. It was weird and you're weird. To each their own, man. I love yeah.
2: it. We're talking about Lamb, if you just tuned in. Lamb in theaters. Um, it's an independent horror thriller. Yep, A24.
1: Man, I love A24. They it's put a great the coolest, uh Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. How long is it, done?
1: Uh It is, I think, an hour and 46 minutes. Oh,
2: not bad. Yeah. Did, you, did you see
1: it alone? No, I saw it with MC.
3: What did and MC think of it? Yeah, loved that's it. what I want to know.
1: You well, loved he it. Did. Yeah. Did he love it because he loves you? No, he actually went to school to be a filmmaker, so he oh, loves Okay. Um, All right. He loves things that are interesting and new and fresh. I fresh. mean, this is not like any story you will ever see.
2: Right. Okay. See, and right there, I love that. I love that so much. I think uh, everyone I should you, see it. That trailer made me very uncomfortable. Me too. Me too. I was not comfortable. And there's
1: a what <laughs> the hell Latin. at the end, too.
2: There is a what the hell? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to have my review of uh, No Time to Die, uh, Daniel Craig's final turn as James Bond a little bit later in the show. But right now, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and my talk wants you to buddy up for breast cancer because no one should fight it alone. We've teamed up with Southern Lights and your mammography experts at Health Partners and Park Nicollet. So find a list of resources, my friends, at mytalk1071.com. Enter keyword awareness. When we come back, the, li- the adult alert with Elizabeth Reese next. Hey, Lex, are you smile ready?
0: Um, I think.
2: Dawn, are you smile ready?
1: Just give me three minutes and then yes.
2: (laughs) Well, good, because it's time to be smile ready for all those fall events like weddings, reunions. Halloween? I mean, you wear a mask, but sure. Dr. Amy at Hughes Dental can help you be smile ready with a great offer happening right now. Now, through the end of the year, Dr. Amy is offering $1,000 savings when you commit to a minimum of four porcelain veneers. So many of Dr. Amy's patients take advantage of this offer. You're going to love the way you look with your new smile and you get to save money while doing it.
1: And it's so easy to get started. Just go to Hughes-Dental.com and click on the free video consult request.
0: And when you talk with our friends at Hughes Dental, don't forget to say you heard of. about them on my talk.
2: As I always say, Dr. Amy is the best at what she does. She's the Yoda of cosmetic dentistry.
0: Yes, I was reading some reviews and they are
1: spectacular. Like this one. I started with a video consult, which was very informative. Next, I went in for a consult with Dr. Amy and Jackie. They were able to temporarily put a composite over my teeth to show me what they would look like if I got veneers. That process was also very informative and fun to see the results. Should
0: I read the next one like Yoda?
2: Um... Maybe in our next commercial, Lex.
0: Okay. To get started... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson... Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Go to hughes dental.com to learn more about Dr. Amy and her staff. And then when you're ready, click on the free video consult request.
3: This is a My Talk Dirt Alert.
4: Welcome back,
2: Jason and Alexis in the morning. I'm Jace Lex is off. Don and Kenny are here. And now we're joined to class up the joint by the one and only Elizabeth Reese with the Dettlet. Hello, Elizabeth.
4: I'll do my best. I've got my fancy pants on. And by fancy Perfect. pants, I mean joggers with a couple of holes in them. Mm-hmm. That's-, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly that's what great. I'm wearing yes. right now. Um, okay, guys, I, I don't know about you, but I just had to bring this up because I know this is a safe place and I can share. Yes. I'm really sad that I don't get to watch Ted Lasso anymore. That I caught up. Oh. I watched the finale over the weekend of, this, of season two and I just feel, I feel like I did when I finished Bleep's Creek. You feel empty inside. I feel empty. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. You know yep. exactly the feeling. I feel yep. sort of empty and I feel like one of the most joyful television experiences of my life. Now at what? least with this one it's on pause.
3: Wait I think Te-
4: Ted Lasso is one of the most joyful television experiences of my life. As was Bleeps Creek. That sounds like an overly dramatic statement from a homosexual that I know. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, who are you talking
4: about, Jason? <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, so listen, a straight white mama of forty, same deal. Yep. Seriously? The same...
2: Oh, I just the one of the most joyful television experiences of your life is
4: Apple TV's Ted Lasso. It's exactly right. I love it so much. It makes me feel so happy to watch it. I just oh. absolutely Adore it. Well
1: then start over. Watch it
4: again. Maybe I will. You should. Maybe I will. I'm thinking about watching Squid Game again. I, I want to watch that, but I don't want to be like stressed and yeah. I upset. Don't watch it no, you will. I know. No. Yeah.
2: No, yeah. I don't think uh, Dawn. I mean, you couldn't I,
1: watch it around your kids, so you have limited time. Well, yeah, but shows. I can't watch
4: Ted Lasso around the kids
1: either. Okay.
0: You
4: know. Yeah. We watched that
2: post. Dawn, if we can have a sidebar conversation. Sure, I do, do, do not think um. Squid Game is for the Reese, comma, Elizabeth.
4: All right. Is it too I much for not. me? I think it's too I much, Dawn. I don't I do. know what her but barometer is.
2: Alexis loved it.
4: Oh, she loves it. Yeah, she's, she's obsessed, too. I thought it would be though, too I much think. for
2: her. I don't
4: but know. But she
2: is a little wackadoodle. You know what I mean? There's there's a,
4: you know, I loved it, too. Yeah. What do know you know think? <laughs> well,
2: you yeah, are we really wackadoodle. <laughs> <off there. laughs> yes. I swear, I swear. And, and Elizabeth is... Diet wackadoodle, you know, same great flavor, fewer calories. That's so true. I
4: don't, you know, no artificial additives. I'll tell you that no. right now. So I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Um, I've been thinking about watching that, but I did start watching. We watched the first episode of this show, zero zero zero. Oh,
1: what um, is this? which
4: is like a drug running show, mm. and I thought we watched the first episode, Jay and I, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I can do this. Like it feels too stressful to me. I also couldn't make it through the first three episodes of Breaking Bad because I got so stressed okay, out. Okay, don't watch Squid Game. There's our answer, I know, but I really like the Jason Bateman Ozark show. Oh, okay, so oh. I don't know. I don't know no. how I can... What about no. Handmaid's Tale? haven't watched it yet. I haven't been emotionally stable enough because I've had so many children. Oh, don't watch Squid
1: Game. She's out. No, If you, don't have, if no, you don't, are we've emotionally are, no. unstable, which we all are a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, we I all wouldn't. a little just, just wait until you. I don't know when you should wait. Maybe till I'm
4: done nursing. Got to settle down. Oh, can't, sure. can't be lactating when you watch this no. kind of stressful stuff. Oh, that's chasing. my motto. I can't. No,
2: I, I try oh, not to be gosh. lactating when I'm watching stressful stuff.
4: Um, you know, one of the highlights over the weekend: Kim Kardashian hosting Saturday Night Live. She's getting rave reviews. I think she all should. over the place. Yeah, Loved I watched it. the monologue, and um, she had a big after party afterwards, and you could see, you know, a bunch of her family members hanging out. Kim was dressed in head-to-toe Balenciaga the entire time. Just like one iteration of a hot pink outfit after another. And I have to say it was like pretty fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, look, history will show that I'm not always the biggest fan, but credit where credit's due. She knocked it out of the park. She proved all the haters wrong. Bravo to her.
4: Yeah. She didn't take herself seriously. She she took shots at everybody. I don't know. The OJ thing. I was a little bit like, whoa. whoa, Yeah. Whoa. Whoa.
1: I think that they had a lot of material to work with when it comes to her, and so the skits were actually way better than they've been in a long time. I would agree. They really did have a lot of opportunities, and she... Practiced apparently for 20 hours. Wow. And never read She's a cue card. Of- I just completely, she just did all of her lines. She looked relaxed when I know she probably wasn't. Yeah,
4: that's a scary thing. That would be a scary thing for anybody to do. Yes.
1: And the supporting players were great Bowen Yang, AD, A.D. Bryant. I mean, all, everyone just sort of rose to the occasion.
4: I think it's really great and she um, what I loved about it I loved the joke that she made that she was like I'm used to 360 people 360 million people watching my every move and how many people watch this show? Like 10? This is like an intimate gathering. I thought yeah, that was like I very it was great, line. Funny. great line. It was yeah. just very funny because it does just show you know what a what a powerhouse she is, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Machine Gun Kelly reacting to Pete Davidson's <gasps> SNL impersonation, and um, he was laughing about it. Okay, he said, good. "I think it's time for me to come on the show as Pete," is what Machine uh, Gun Kelly had to right. say. Um, so,
1: <laughs> I, I, he did I a really know, boring. How. It was like he did this voice. It was like his hey, Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly. That, uh, that uh, is yeah. him, I mean, Pete Davidson. He really did a great job as Machine Gun Kelly. They're so
4: funny.
2: I can't figure out how I feel about that young man. And, and look, I'm not the demo anyway. I I'm not going to waste a lot of time thinking about him, but I don't know if I like him or not.
4: I know. Well, I, I just think it's funny. I'm that he kind of irritated. Me, yeah. But. He and Megan Fox have, they just always do matching facial expressions in every photo that they take. Yeah. They like look at each other and they say, what face are we going to do?
1: And <laughs> outfits
4: yep. too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Paris Hilton and her fiance, Carter Reem, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but they had a um, joint bachelor bachelorette party in Las Vegas over the weekend. Oh, there's oh, an idea. Wow. He's a venture capitalist. You know, my husband and I did that, but not really joint. Like we did it the same weekend in Madison. Because that's where we went to school. Did we you was, run into each other? Yes. And it was very funny. <laughs> and the guys like golfed and they did different things. And then the girls, we, you know, we like had a boat planned for the day. The girls had like everything planned out. And the guys had like not as much planned out. Oh, that's funny. And then, um, and it was, well, what was fun too is because we had a lot of couples there. Mm-hmm. So then everybody, Uh-oh. you just went the same weekend, you know? Sure. So that that's worked nice out. Idea. Yeah. So it worked out really well. But Paris Hilton, I mean, guys, these photos are like, not surprisingly, very over the top. Like she had both of their names in those little light, you know, those light boxes are so popular right now. Mm -hmm. Like have those giant weird letters and lights.
2: Hey, Elizabeth, if you do uh, the last forty seconds I wanna g- uh, give you a chance because uh Lord knows America loves the news from the Krabby Coffee Shop. What's going on with you and Marjorie? Uh are, are you guys doing a new season of the podcast? Are you guys still going?
4: We're still going strong. Yeah. Perfect. We're we have confused. new episodes every Tuesday. Best every the Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, and they're on um it's th- through my talk one oh seven one. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts. And Marjorie Punnett, guys. I mean, yes. who doesn't love Marjorie Punnett? I get to talk Pooh. to her every week. It's the best.
2: Who <laughs> doesn't love the Marjorie Punnett? Yeah, thanks thanks so. Seriously. Well, I'm a yeah. sidekick. So go best to the nest. I'm looking at the page now, mytalk1071.com. Look at podcast and download the newest episode with Elizabeth and uh, the equally lovely Marjorie Punnett, and watch Elizabeth's Today at 3 in Twin Cities Live. We'll be back with my Bond review.
0: Jason and Don, did either of you know that St. Mary's University has a bachelor in science degree in applied psychology now?
2: You mean St. Mary's University right here in the Twin Cities? Yes, I did hear that,
1: and it's fully online too, so it's a great option for busy working adults. There's such a demand for careers in counseling, social services, school psychology, and human resources that a degree in applied psychology can provide the foundational knowledge needed.
0: The best part is that this is a degree completion program, meaning you can transfer past credits. Also, you can earn college credit using work and life experience. And you can complete this program in as few as two years.
2: So cool. I've heard great things about St. Mary's University. Their faculty and staff really become your allies on your educational journey. They are there and want you to succeed. How can someone learn more? Just
1: go to smumn.edu or enter my talk keyword St. Mary's.
0: And now, a sweet moment with J.R. Ewing. Tell me, JR, which slut are you gonna stay with tonight? What difference does it make?
3: Whoever it is has got to be more interesting than the slut I'm looking at right now.
0: This has been a sweet moment with Jr.
2: Ewing. Wow. Such a sweet man. Very, very sweet man. Well, uh, Welcome back. Well, uh, Jason and Alexis in the morning on my Talk1071 1 and streaming all over planet Earth and in some portions of Kenny's Earth 3 <laughs> on mytalk1071.com. That's right. They barely have Internet there, Dawn. Barely have Internet That's on good. Earth
1: 3. That's good. They need to be limited. Yeah.
2: They do, they actually. <laughs> yeah. Your newfangled
3: <laughs> Internet is not for us.
2: I know. I know. Uh, Lex is off today. I'm Jace with uh, Don and Kenny. Thank you guys so much for being here. Hope you're having a good morning. I just looked outside. and I'm in a windowless room um, so I don't, I stepped outside. I'm like, oh my goodness, the sun's out. So hope you're enjoying your commute in. Okay, earlier in the show, Dawn uh, gave you her big fat movie review of uh, Lamb. I almost called it Sheep Dawn. Um, go back and listen to the podcast later if you missed it. And now I have a big fat movie review.
4: How was the movie? How was the
0: movie? How was the movie? How was the movie? My big fat movie review.
2: That's right. Uh, I'm going to review No Time to Die. I will uh, roll this, too, just in case I accidentally say something.
0: La, 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 Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm not, listening. La, 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 I'm not listening.
2: Because it's going to be very hard to tell you how I truly feel without kind of giving away the ending, but I'm not going to do that. I was in the shower day trying how to figure the, out.
1: Man, right. <sighs>
2: Um, I really was. I was like shampooing the bits and I'm like, okay, how do I do this? Okay, yeah, I can say that. Okay, I don't want to say that. Okay. Um, I'll bottom line it. I really liked it. I really like No Time to Die. Is it my favorite of the Daniel Craig five? No. My favorite uh I have two. The first, Casino Royale, and I love Skyfall. Those are my two favorites, and you cannot convince me uh anything else. Um were there uh, problems with this one? Yes, it was overly long. Um, Colin and I walked in the movie theater at four thirty, and we not did not emerge until seven twenty. Um, what? I yes. I, I don't. I. I don't have that time. I. I that's a long Whoa. time to be in a movie. That's a long Whoa. time to be in a movie. Um, now I think I loved it seven percent more than my husband did, um, but it was stretched out a little bit and. I think they suffered from, some of the Batmans have this, where there's too much going on. There are Mm -hmm. too many villains and too, basically just. Okay, then there's that. (laughs) Uh, Look, I know that I have undiagnosed adult ADHD, so it is hard to keep my attention. I acknowledge that. That's, that's me most Bond movies, I will tell you, I get lost at some point. I Like, I, I can't... Okay, now, what's the villain doing? Okay, what's he trying to do with world domination? <laughs> uh, what's yeah. that weapon? And who's Bond with now? Who's he sleeping with? And, and uh, Bond movies sometimes, I it's so dense. And the terminology and especially this one because the villain is well there's actually a couple that's another problem again they're trying to stuff too much the real villain is rainy malik yeah and it's all about biological weapons and that's about all i want to say on that okay um is he a great villain i'm going to give him and i'm being kind Uh-oh. a c plus b minus um yeah, I mean, he's fine, uh, but he's not the best Bond villain, and he's certainly not the worst. I mean, you can look at all the Pierce Brosnan movies for the worst <laughs> villains, but um, but he was fine, serviceable. He obviously plays, and this is the only thing I will say, he is instrumental in the conclusion of Daniel Craig's narrative as Bond. Okay. um, Whatever that means. Um, so there's, so that's what I'll say about the villain. Um, the movie as a whole could have been 30 minutes tighter and it probably would have been excellent. The opening right away. You're like, Oh, the first action, the, the first set piece, beautiful, intriguing. The second scene. Oh, okay. Action. Great. The third, oh, another one. It in the energy got you right away. Like most movies, there's a sag in the middle that you have to kind of endure. This sag, because of its length, was a little longer than other sags. Um, It's like my skin until I see Dr. Beth. Uh, It's like my forehead, uh, a little saggy (laughs) in the middle. Um, But it is not detrimental to the film. It is a survivable sag, a double S. It is a survivable sag. Overall I'm giving this a B, a flat B. Um it's not an A. Again, that's Skyfall if, as far as the Daniel Craig 5, Casino Royale and Skyfall I would give a 5. I like it better than Spectre cuz that's how I review these, just like Star Wars movies. You kind of I review, you know, you kind of have to review the sequel trilogy as one and then the the original. If I'm just going to rate the Daniel Craigs against each other so it's apples to apples, this is better than Spectre, but in no way as good as Skyfall and Casino Royale, his first turn back in 06. Okay.
3: Two questions. Might go be ahead. the same question. Um, at any point, did you say, oh, please, or why am I watching this? Like I often do for Quentin Tarantino movies that go on hours too long. So Not- did you ever
2: go, oh, please? No. No, okay. not right. in the least. I actually, other than looking at my phone, upon the conclusion, here's a compliment. Here's a positive. I would not have known I was in the theater for three hours. Oh, it, that's it good. Didn't, it didn't right. feel. Look, look. It felt like a good two hours. I look. I knew I was yeah. in there.
0: I okay. was in there for
2: a while, but it didn't feel two forty. Um, and also, you know what they do really well. You know, some of the early Daniel Craigs took themselves took the took the to, took it a little too seriously. Yeah. They really tried to modernize Bond and get rid of the quirky, you know, the weapons, the weird weapons and you know, the the very Bond-esque uh kitsch. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, they've reintroduced a little lightness and a little of the of the kitschy things that made Bond bond. Um, now look, we're not in the camp territory of Octopussy and a gold a gold oh. finger. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, not, of that, we're not. We're not in that. A, no, go ahead. Is a Bond girl. Yeah, who's yeah. The, who's the female? Uh, They're kind of a star. couple, but he has a main love interest. That that's she all I'm going to say. Is
1: from she's a French actress. Um, and I really enjoy her. She did a yeah. great job in a couple of French films I've seen.
2: Well, she's lovely in this. And that's all I'm going to say. Because she is a instrumental part in this. She's not okay, a throwaway good. love interest. She plays good. a f- fundamental role in the narrative. But uh, uh, probably my favorite thing, and was favorite my favorite or Colin's favorite thing. They reintroduced a little bit of the fun of Bond, like the 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 uh, machine gun out of the the headlights and cool weaponry and cool yeah. vehicles. You have to suspend disbelief, but it's James Bond for heaven's sake. Right, um, right. It was glory. And the final thing I will say, and Don, I think you share my feeling. Having seen Lamb, my goodness, did it feel good? To see a big, loud movie in a movie theater. I was thrilled. I would not have watched this movie another way. It was glorious to be back in a movie theater and seeing James Bond big and loud. And Lamb is
1: not loud. No, I shouldn't have compared it to Lamb,
2: but you know what I mean. Lamb
1: is the opposite of loud. It's very quiet, but it's very big and expansive and unique. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I, so I I was thrilled to see question. it. On the big so
1: is the uh, Bond girl Anna de Armas or she's
2: is, the blonde? Oh,
1: the blonde is Leah SeDu. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. She's a French actress.
2: There's another young lady that plays a role in the first half of the movie, um, but then she kind of goes away. Okay. Uh, but overall, No Time to Die, a solid B. Okay. And and Colin said it well. This is probably a movie that I'll I'll enjoy more the more I watch it. Because I will rewatch this one. That's a good sign too for me. Oh, okay. Um, uh, one through 10, the theme song. Do you like oh, it? not. No. Oh, nine. it's
1: Billie Eilish, right? It's Billie oh, Eilish. I didn't, really? I didn't
2: like I love the visual because I love the Bond opening credits. You know, mm. they keep those in there. I love that. But the song is forgettable. Oh, it it's is. For, it's serviceable, but it's rather forgettable. Yeah. Oh. It's Noah Dell and Skyfall. No. Okay. Yep. Yeah, nope. Nope. No. Good question, though. So there we go. No time to die. We're going to take a break. Uh, My talkers will be back to wrap things up on this circus uh, right after this.
3: Now it's time for one of the dumbest answers in game show history. Name a yellow fruit. Orange. Orange. This has been the Dumbest Dancers in Game Show History.
2: Back to you, Jason. Oh, that's silly. <laughs> oh, gosh. It just makes me happy every single time we play it. Yep. Name a yellow fruit. Orange. Orange. <laughs> <laughs> God bless America. Jason and Alexis in the morning. Alexis is off today. Don, Kenny are here. Hey, I want to say congratulations to my colleagues in the business uh, over the weekend. It was the uh, Emmy Awards. And oh, uh, so yeah. congratulations to all uh, all the local folks that won Emmys over there at Channel 5 and 4 and 11. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Boyd Hooper won everything. I'm sorry. That was only <laughs> I just meant to say just Boyd Hooper. Just, yeah, he won everything. Okay. Yeah, he just he won everything. Um, but no, uh, congratulations to to everyone, and I am proud to say for the sixth year in a row. Yes, the Jason Show lost.
1: Oh, but it's That's such right. an honor to be nominated. Isn't it is it? an
2: honor. We are the Susan Lalucci of local talk shows, <laughs> and I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> yeah, we are out. Actually, um, I got the text message from I, we, we had dinner with hashtag Hot Trainer and his wife. And uh I knew it was around the Emmy time, and we got the text message uh, that we had lost again to like I don't know this old house or something oh, so um yeah,
1: competing with national shows
2: no, we're competing with other local shows, but uh, PBS, we go up against, see, here's the problem, we're in these categories. Where they're like these beautifully shot documentaries about windmills and and stuff. Like oh. we're never gonna, you know what I mean? We're never gonna win. We we go up against these fourteen camera shoots about a, a pilgrim woman. You know we're not we're not gonna win. If I'm an Emmy voter, you're gonna watch Pilgrim Woman Adventures, and then you're gonna then you're gonna stick our tape Seriously in and stuff. see this and, and see our goofy
1: ass show. Stephanie Hansen making pumpkin cookies, yeah,
2: or making jokes with a zucchini in her hand. I mean, I love hey, come it. on, I'd I wouldn't give my
1: that than Windmill Woman. But you know, I'm
2: just saying. Uh, but I love it. What a it. weird
1: it's, thing. It, it should be a separate category.
2: Yeah, no, we got we to gotta switch categories. I told Jeff next year we should just enter in the sports category just to see how we do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but congratulations to uh, to all the winners. Uh, some great people won. Uh, great folks in broadcasting. And when I say uh, other folks, I like I said, it's all Boyd Hooper. He won everything. There's nobody else. He entered in every category. Uh, it is time to find out what jumped the shark today.
3: Oh, <laughs>
4: I'm
0: jumping the shark. Shark. shark it's jump. not as good as it used to be.
4: Things have gotten worse. Not better. What happened yeah. to you? you jump the shark. It was dump a
2: <laughs> Uh I have it today, and I am naming the producers of Dan- Dancing with the Stars. Not oh. for the reason you think. Okay. Uh, Tom Bergeron has finally kind of spoken out. Not kind of. He has. About... Uh, his dismissal from Dancing with the Stars a couple oh. of years ago. Okay. He was on his friend Bob Saget's podcast and was rather blunt and said the writing, I'm paraphrasing here, the The writing was on the wall. He said it was no surprise at the end of, uh, I think he said, you know, the whatever the season was in 2018 or mm-hmm. 2019, he said it was pretty clear that ABC was going to get rid of him so much. So that at the conclusion of that season, he cleared out his, uh, he cleared out his dressing room. He, like by himself, he knew when he told Aaron, um, you he better said,
1: clean out your dressing room too. Yeah.
2: He here's the quote that he told Bob quote okay. In all candor he goes, In all candor, the show that I left was not the show that I loved. So the end of the season that turned out to be my last, I kind of knew. So I took everything out of my dressing room that I really wanted. It was kind of obvious that we are kind of butting heads. Um, and he said Aaron thought really the same way. And the main sticking point was really that the show had taken a turn, mm. and uh, that you know the the inclusion of political people that's rubbed it. him the wrong way. Spicy, yeah. He said he, you know the show should be an escape from all of that, and he really butted heads with the producers. And uh, then ABC uh, put him out to pasture along with Aaron uh, Aaron Andrews. Which I got to tell you, the reason I'm naming them jump the shark is that's a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Tyra's not doing it. Um, You you got rid of a gentleman who is a master of live television, which is a skill not a lot of people possess. Um, The good ones make it look easy. Bergeron made it look easy, but it's not easy. And um, you, you got rid of a host that put the stars first. And now you have a host, rather bluntly, who... Uh oh, yes. Who shifts focus back to her. Totally. Um purposefully or I'm sorry, non purposely, but you know, when you're doing fourteen outfit changes uh per show, what do you think you're doing? What do you right. think that's doing? Um that's not that's not turning the focus over to, oh, I don't know, the stars. It's reshifting focus back on you. So, um, to the and, detriment of the show, in my opinion.
1: Yes, it's really odd, that also to not have another person. I think it should be a two-person team. Yep. You know, Tom would introduce, and then Aaron would talk to the dancers after. It just felt like more of a sports event, you yep. know, to compare it to a sports event, where you have somebody, you know, you have one person hosting and another, another person out on the field. Yep. You know, and so you lost that element. I, I just... It's just weird. I just think he should. I hope he gets another job. That's all I got to say.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. He said the the last thing he said was this is so in my rearview mirror and I'm oh. already looking forward to new things, which that's good, good for him. Don't go back to that dumpster fire. It's 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 on its last legs. Should be put down eventually. I mean, it has to be because it's we're running out of D-list stars. So
1: there also was something about um, I remember there was something about the judging or the way that it was they were presenting that they yeah. had changed and he made an had an opinion about that. He as hated well. that too. yep. Yeah. So
2: hey, thanks to David at First Equity, Chanhassen Dinner Theaters uh, for helping us present Project Dawn a Dirty Construction. Our charity is Crescent Cove. Learn more about everything BPD&D at our website. Go out there and be yourself because nobody can tell you're doing it wrong. Right, Don?
1: That's right. You be you. Don't worry if you're the only Tom Bergeron left on the island. We love you. (laughs)